I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. And being in full acceptance of our experiences and what we're going through is also a huge thing for the body. So clearly a lot of what I do is not just physical. <laughs> a lot of pain experiences that we have, it, do, it does take digging. It does take allowing things to come to the surface that maybe we don't want to acknowledge. And maybe that's going to talk to someone. Maybe that's going to scream in your car, <laughs> scream into a pillow, release in some way that you need to release. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. It's Raquel. Raquel Mantra, <laughs> which is not my last name actually, by the way, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I'm sure you probably figured that out, but some people actually have asked me if that's my real last name. Nope. Nope, it's not. In fact, I actually came up with Raquel Mantra when I was in Bali. When my old online name, well, it was The Holistic Blogger, and I wasn't really blogging anymore, so I felt the need to rebrand, but not really be a brand at the same time. Just, just be me. I felt like using my own name in some way with a taste of something that represents my lifestyle. So I prayed for a sign to help me with, you know, a new name to spark something new that would best reflect this version of me. 
And on that day, I remember I was riding on a, the back of a motorbike all around Bali, and there were four different times in four different villages on four different signs where I saw the word mantra. And I thought, Raquel mantra, hmm, that has a ring to it. I kind of like it. <laughs> so I did a little quick swap on the URLs, on the Instagrams, all over. And now, that is my online name. Since early 2017, I believe. I don't really remember the exact date. But I do remember that day so well. And so that's just another story that proves when you ask for something, you'll find an answer in some way. And it's kind of beautiful. This girl that I used to hang out with in Bali, her name was Chella. She told me that in Bali, we can receive answers and manifestations rather rapidly there. And I just, I have to second that when we're feeling aligned and we're high vibing. It's just amazing what comes into fruition there. That energy is just so spellbinding. But also wherever we're at and we're asking for signs and synchronicities and we stay open to the pings and we listen, then we can receive answers to pretty much anything. And also today's guest, by the way, was inspired too, as I just received many different signs in the form of her name being said in a few conversations and her pictures popping up on my screen and just randomly her presence coming to mind. And so when I received these signs, you know, I just, I didn't hesitate to follow them. And I reached out to Jenna Scare who is also known as Doc Jen Fit on Instagram, and she agreed, and I was so beyond excited to talk with her. If you're unfamiliar with Jen, well, if you happen to be on Instagram, pull out your Instagram right now, check her out, and if you're like me and not really on Instagram, just type in Doc Jen Fit or Jenna Scare on your Google search bar and you will be so moved by the vibes that she puts out there. And there are many yogis and fitness trainers on Instagram as you know, but but there's really no one, no one like Jen. Jen is a dedicated mover. She was a competing gymnast as a child and well into her teens and then just continued to compete in other sports like track and field, pole vault, triple jump, and dance. And after many injuries, you know, she never even once went to a physical therapist and she figured out how to heal on her own, which led her to take great interest in anatomy and physiology, which is where she found her own magic. And that led her down the path of becoming not only a physical therapist, but also a doctor of physical therapy who teaches hundreds of thousands of people how to properly move their body and educate others on how to heal their human suit themselves. And in this episode, Jen talks about her fascination with studying the body and the importance of asking why in our movements and movements to prevent injuries and how this shell is designed to heal itself and really, really good at it too. And reasons we should dig deeper into the psychological reasoning as to why we're experiencing chronic pain 
and movements to do every single day and effective breathing for our workouts and daily life. And she also even guides us through a quick breathing exercise, which was so grounding and centering. She gives some amazing advice for those beginning their fitness and movement journeys and also what inspired her to bring her message to the social webs and how it ended up expanding, blowing up, and she's reaching the masses, how she allowed her fears to really drive her to get to where she is today. And of course, I had to ask her about her weekly workouts because, I mean, it's Doc Gen Fit. Also, in the beginning, I awkwardly share how I knew her for years. <laughs> you know, when you just know of somebody, you're like kind of still interested in them, so you like peep at them and they have no idea who you are probably. Well, that was my case. <laughs> and because she was really good friends with my old roommate, shout out to Sean, at Sean Phelps Yoga. He has a very inspiring yoga page to follow, and he does intense flows, so... I highly recommend that you check him out, and maybe I'll text him to come on sometime. But also, Jen. Okay, I talk about it in this episode, but she really inspired me in so many ways when I was really heavily in my fitness journey. And also, she is dedicated to educate us on how to heal our bodies and move them in the best way for your optimal body. Now, of course, when Jen says optimal body, she's not she's not talking about or referencing a certain body type or a body weight by any means, but just, you know, a healthy body, a healthy body that can move and truly embrace the most of life. That's the most beautiful human suit you could ask for. So as you listen, if your mind likes to hold on to thoughts of uh, what a perfect human shell should look like, well then tell those thoughts to shut up. <laughs> no, but to please stop. Not welcome because you're beautiful and you're just excited to listen to this, to feel stronger, to get stronger this year and every year and just excited to soak up this magic and wisdom so we don't get injured to continue to move in a beautiful and healthy way for these beautiful vessels we have. Anyways, Yom Review of the Week. Magical. Five stars. And this is by Claire Pern One. Wow. This podcast lights up my soul. Love the Byron Katie episode. But let's be real. Dot, dot, dot. What episode don't I love? With hard eye emojis. Oh, thank you, Claire. My eyes look like the hard eye emojis right now too reading this yes byron was not only one of the best podcasts of your own magic of all time but also that conversation was indeed one of my highlights and greatest healing moments of 2018 no probably actually one of the highlights of my life <laughs> and i'm looking forward to bringing on beautiful wise old souls like her too not that she's old, but her soul is indeed very old. So many beautiful wise souls in 2019. Thank you, Claire, so much for this review. 
Also, quick shout out to today's sponsors, which I will talk more about during the breaks. Just wanted to give really quick thank yous to Fabletics and Zola. Fabletics is my favorite yoga and active wear, and you can actually get two pairs of yoga pants for $24, which is like a $99 value, when you go to fabletics.com forward slash magic. That's fabletics.com forward slash magic for two yoga pants for only $24. Also, Zola, for those of you that are tying the knot or you're just celebrating your life partnership or maybe interested in creating a dream manifestation board for your future wedding or celebration, then this is a very fitting sponsor for you and also for the fact that many people that I know, like my brother and my high school bestie, and also I've seen in the Facebook group, some of the Yomis get engaged. Congrats to Krista and Breely as well. And all the newly engaged couples create your own free, yes, all free wedding website for everyone to look at. And also create a registry and get even $50 off that registry at Zola.com slash Soul Tribe. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash Soul Tribe. And I'll leave the links in the show notes for both sponsors below. But now, on with the show. Because it is indeed time to let the magic begin with Jen Esker. I'm so happy to have you, Jen. Seriously, thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Yes, and I also have to tell you something. I've actually known who you were for a long time before I... I don't know if you were on Instagram yet or if Instagram was really a great sensation yet, but you were brought to my awareness because we were both friends with, well, you you were close friends with my old roommate, Sean, Sean Phelps. Oh, how funny. <laughs> I know. And I would see you two on his snaps before <laughs> Insta Story was even a thing, just doing handstands together. And I don't know if you two still hang out, but I just remembered that I was very inspired and I wish I could do that and I was like oh I want to be like her and do this but I just never never succeeded (laughs) oh you just gotta work on it every day I mean that really is handstands are like flexibility unless you're gonna do it every day it's probably not gonna improve oh my I wish I continued that motivation as well I I did get into flexibility. I, I am pretty flexible, but when it comes to strength, this is where <laughs> this is one reason why I need to talk to you. So I'm so happy you're here for a lot of reasons because you are going to be able to spill so much wisdom, physical wisdom for the tribe. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And I am still friends with Sean. We, I mean, our schedules are already always crazy, but we try to yeah. see each other when we can. <laughs> I think also at that time, it was forever ago. I know he has like a girlfriend now, but I think he had, this was years ago keep in mind I think he had a thing for you you probably knew he's totally Mm -hmm. gonna kill me for saying that but (laughs) I doubt he listens to the podcast no it was pretty obvious it was cute it was cute he the way he talked about you but anyways Lewis is a lucky guy so 
<laughs> now you though. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is called Your Own Magic because we like to share stories of people's struggles and triumphs and their secrets and their tools of people making a great impact in the world and sharing their own magic. And that's why I had to bring you on because your magic and your genius, Jen, truly lies in having a deeper understanding of this physical human suit (laughs) that we have. And so I'm curious, when did you become fascinated with studying the body and and why? Uh, I think, you know, it's kind of been ingrained in me to love movement. Um, Growing up, we had to be in a sport from grade school through high school. And so I easily kind of gravitated toward that. They allowed me to try any little sport there was so that I could stumble across the one that really resonated with me, which happened to be gymnastics. Um, But through that, I really just found an appreciation of the body and what we can do. And what was amazing about that as well is that my coach really coached us into appreciating what the heck our body is actually doing and realizing how much we were doing with the body in terms of strength and flexibility and really almost like an abnormal way to be a gymnast and moving your body in these, in these different ways. Like it it was really cool to also have that example and continue to have that pushed into your mindset. Like, yeah, things are going to be scary because you're doing something that's so outrageous. Um, So that was a really cool opportunity. And then Through high school, I just really loved learning about anatomy. I loved learning about biology and physiology. And so I knew going into um, undergrad, I would study kinesiology because it was the thing that made most sense to me. I was like, well, I love the body and this is the study of human (laughs) movement. So I love the body. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was just the continued search of why. Like I would coach gymnastics and tape an ankle and be like, but why am I taping an ankle? And I would coach and teach Pilates and just and be able to navigate and modify around any kind of injury and pain so that they didn't have that. But why did they have the pain? How could I help further? I'm just modifying around it. So really that continued search of why continued to push me down the path of knowing that physical therapy will ultimately be the thing that I gravitated toward. And I love that you would ask why when it comes to watching the movements, because I think most people think, how? How do I do this? Or what is that? But like you were figuring out the why and that allowed you to dive deeper because I've observed the way that you talk about the body versus a lot of other fitness professionals that are out there. And there are so many different programs. And it seems like you have this just deeper awareness and understanding. And it's clear because you asked why. And that's so profound. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm continuing to ask why. It never stops, really. It's always like, well, why yeah. is this and why that? And, and you know, I think why people have been able to gravitate toward me is because I make it simple. Yes. Because what I see in my space a lot is we overcomplicate the crap out of everything and make it look so fancy and complicated. And you have to know all the way down to the molecular level when really when you're talking to a human and just getting them to listen to their own body, you don't have to make it so complicated. Yes. Oh, it's also an intimidating to approach 
it, not only because a lot of what's out there does sound so complicated, but it's like, we all have this, Mm -hmm. we all have this human suit, yet most of us don't know what to do Mm -hmm. with it, especially when we may have an injury. And I know there's so many different ways people approach healing the body, but it looks like you have been able to figure out a program or just a way most people can approach to heal certain injuries. And are there any common myths about movement that you want to bring into everyone's awareness right now that may save them from most injuries? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man how long do we have here <laughs> just kidding <laughs> we got um, a good amount of time however long you need I mean it really is you know I think the first one is knowing that it doesn't have to be as complicated just because it looks fancier doesn't mean it's actually functional for your body so we don't have to like I know some of the Instagrammers who are great and they're not bad a lot of what they what has made them famous is is making these movement patterns that you're like deadlifting and squatting and turning and rotating and lifting overhead all at the same time. So it looks really impressive, (laughs) but it's not necessary. And just knowing that you can break things down so, so simple. It doesn't have to look a certain way in terms of making it complicated, making it fancy. It's just got to I would break it down to the simplest part, being able to first hold a position before you move into a a position is super key. So knowing, can you pause at the end of a squat or are you just jamming and bouncing in and out of it? Um, You know, so really like putting yourself in these positions that you're going to go into in the movement and saying, can you pause there? Can you hold there? And can your body even stabilize in an isometric way, which is just static, and build the strength that way prior to adding load, prior to adding all this weight. So I think really breaking things down to the basic is what everyone gets to drop their ego about mm-hmm. <laughs> and dive into first. Oh, but one thing that that almost requires sometimes is also body awareness, <laughs> or we're not aware that there is a potential injury that is about to come because we're following somebody else. How can yeah. we maybe develop more body awareness in a simple way? Um, you know, that's where getting a coach or paying for something that is going to show you the tools exactly and really go over the why of these certain breakdowns and cues and in body awareness, it really becomes essential. And it is okay to pay for something that you don't know a lot about rather than having to guess, rather than Google searching and hoping you come across the answer. Um, I think that's been like one of the most difficult things, you know, is really getting people to accept that your body is worth paying for. I mean, it's the same of like me stepping into this world now where now I'm on stages and I'm speaking and I'm doing a lot of more things. I'm like, well, I like to wear yoga clothes all day long. So now I need to hire someone to teach me how to wear normal clothes. So (laughs) that's me. (laughs) So I hired someone. I hired a stylist who happens to be my friend. And I mean, it was scary for me because I don't even like to pay a lot to shop. So let alone shopping and paying for someone to shop with me was like, but That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) But it was necessary. It was necessary for me to learn the tools of how I could put outfits together, what things look good on my body, what things I could wear to different presentations and events and all these things so that I can learn the tools so I can take it out and start to improve upon that. So it's the same way of if you don't know your body, pay for a trainer. 
pay for a therapist if you're in pain, like pay for things that are going to bring you into that body awareness rather than following what a picture says or trying to look up on Google and hoping that it is the right answer for you. Why don't they have a doc gen in Hawaii? Maybe you have recommendations. <laughs> because also I was running today and um, I used to be a long distance runner and only on occasion, my left knee gives me that warning sign, like, do not run any further. Mm. And it happened again today. And I was like, oh, I'm talking to Jen today. Maybe <laughs> this happened because they want me to bring this up. So yes, my left knee, and even sometimes in yoga, if I'm in a warrior for too long, I start to feel it. Yet, now I've found compassion for the situation because I used to have a hard time with the fact that I couldn't run long distances anymore without my knee being in pain. But what are ways, it's just so common for people to have knee problems. So for this particular issue, mm -hmm. how do runners or just in yogis prevent knee injuries if there are common ways at all? Yeah. So I like to think of the knee as the victim to things above and below the area. Mm. Your knee kind of just starts to take on extra pressure when things around the area are not moving well or you're not balanced between each side. Your knee, especially think about what our, what attaches into our knee, the most common thing, I mean, everything from the lower part of the leg to the upper part of the leg all attach into the knee. But one of the most dominating factors is your quad. And your quad puts a lot of pressure on that front part of the knee, especially. And that's where people mostly complain, complain of, of knee pain is right at the, the tip of like the kneecap area or maybe a little bit on the side of the kneecap. Is that kind of around where your pain is? Mine's a little, yeah, it's, it's above the knee. Yeah. It's a little above and the side yeah. in that middle pretty spot. Yeah. And, and what that is, it's just called patellofemoral syndrome. And a, a what a what? Patellofemoral <laughs> syndrome? It, but see, it doesn't even matter. Like I can tell you what the diagnosis is and that tells me still nothing. Literally, it tells me that where your kneecap attaches into the top of your leg, that's where you're having pain. And it's like, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> right. That still tells me nothing. And that's what I really want to hammer into people as well. Understand that a diagnosis does not tell you the cause of pain. It just reconfirms the symptom. So saying that you have patellofemoral syndrome just reconfirms that, yep, that's where the knee pain is. Cool. Now what do I do about it? An MRI doesn't tell you. An x-ray doesn't tell you. A diagnosis does not tell you. I get that for a lot of people. It gives peace of mind. That's why we want to search for the diagnosis. But I know I have a disc injury. I know I have a tear, whatever it may be. But it doesn't always matter. It won't always give us the answer. And so understanding that your body works as a whole, right? We don't work in body parts. We work all connected from the outer to the inner. Just everything is super hyper connected. So us just focusing on how do I strengthen my knee or rub my knee or do whatever to my knee is ultimately not going to help the cause. So that's where I would say, okay, let's look at what's happening at the hip. Let's look at what's happening at the pelvis. Maybe it's the foot. Maybe it's the ankle. Somewhere there's some kind of extra, there's either, 
it could be multiple things. There could be restrictions at the hip that is then causing an increased load into the knee and making the knee move in a little bit more motion than the hip can tolerate or vice versa at the ankle. Um, it could be that you're not planting well onto the foot. And so the whole pattern from your foot striking the ground all the way up to the knee is not, it's usual, It's making you kind of push way more pressure uh, from that ground reaction force up the ground into the knee based on how you're planting and landing in the foot. So it puts a lot more pressure at the knee. It could be a weakness at the hip. It could be an imbalance from the breath and the pelvis area with the diaphragm. It could be um, a lot of times um, very basic to go to. It's not a one size fits all, but it could a lot of times what I see is just a lot more quad dominant movement happening at the knee, especially when we're talking about anterior knee pain, meaning the front of the knee, the sides, anything that's happening more on the front side of the knee. That's a lot of what going back to saying that the quad is probably putting way too much pressure on the knee. And so over time, that pressure, that increased load, it, it starts to cause that sensation of pain. So you can go back to as easy as starting to relieve it would be like foam rolling and kind of getting those muscles to relax, knowing we're not breaking anything up or just relaxing. That's another common myth is that I'm breaking up scar tissue and breaking up fascial adhesions when I'm foam rolling. You're not. <laughs> Our body is so not that delicate. It is so, so, so resilient and it's really amazing. So what we're really doing when we're foam rolling, we're just talking to our nervous system. A lot of the times we're telling that that brain to kind of switch off into that tension and that tightness and allow the muscle to actually relax. Um, we could be physiologically increasing some of the slide between the fascia but it doesn't mean that it's a long-term fix. So foam rolling is very short-term. It's very relaxing for the moment. Um, and it and I love it right before a stretch, especially, because if I can increase that fascial slide for the moment, if I can get that, that nervous system to kind of relax and that muscle, muscle tension to relax, then I know that I can get into my stretch a bit deeper and, and actually make it a little bit more effective. So that's when I would go, I would go from, foam rolling the quads to stretching the quads and then going into some hamstring and hip work to really improve the strength and the awareness on that posterior side of your body, the backside where your hamstrings and your glutes are to take pressure off the quad. So that was a lot of an answer. <laughs> well, that's what I'm looking for. It's so much more than just a diagnosis. Yeah. You're right. That word, whatever it was, it really doesn't matter because mm -hmm. what matters is looking at the cause or the root of it. And there were a lot of potentials that you mentioned yeah. that it could have been. I'm like, well, maybe it's it could be all of the above, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially for me. And it's so important to just also look what's around. We don't need to just look at the actual, like, I don't need to just look at the knee, but look what's right. around it in right. order to heal this. Exactly. And also in lower back pain, like my dad mm -hmm. has had it for 40 years and mm -hmm. where he ends up it, he he also has kyphosis but then he'll just like slouch over all day especially when he's in pain it's so heartbreaking to look at yeah. and there's so many others that suffer with severe lower back pain too so what are ways that we can strengthen and heal it and maybe what are other potential causes of it 
Oh man, so, so many causes. So here's the first thing. You said your dad's been in pain for 40 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like bad. I'm the <laughs> one that has to do the heavy lifting. He can't even lift yeah. something that's 10 pounds. Yeah. So here's the first thing. Another myth I want to get back into is that the body is really good at healing itself. A lot of times when you go to, especially if you go to a physical therapist or a chiropractor who's only working on you passively, meaning you're laying on the table doing nothing, <laughs> whether that's mm -hmm. ultrasound, electrical stimulation, massage, adjustment, all of these things, they are all passive treatments that treat the nervous system. Nothing is touching you hard enough to break up tissue, to really create a long lasting change unless we move into it ourselves. So understand as well, even talking about adjustments, nothing is adjusting back into place. It is relieving our nervous system and it actually releases endorphins as well, which is why we crack and we're like, oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> Because mm -hmm. it makes us feel damn good. <laughs> yep. Again, not that any of these treatments are bad. I passively, I use passive treatment with my clients as well, but it's a way to just get them back into the nervous system so then we can actually move them a little bit better in a safer place with the nervous system feeling safe so that we can create better movement patterns and create longer lasting things that then they're able to take into their own body. So understand first that the body's really good at healing itself. So if you are having this pain that has lasted for longer than a year in the same exact spot, I want you to also think about, has there been a moment where I've had no pain? And if there's been a moment where you haven't had any pain, whether that was you went on vacation, you quit your job, <laughs> you lay down and you found a comfortable position, you like whatever it may be, understand as well, you probably don't have necessarily a physiological problem going on. It could be a little bit more psychologically driven. Because mm. our brain creates a lot of pain experiences within our body. So not that you're not feeling pain. I want to make that clear. You're still feeling pain. Your brain is the derivative of feeling any kind of pain sensation anyways, because there are people who get neuropathy, like when you have diabetes, and they all of a sudden don't feel sensation at their feet, for example, or their extremities. And that's actually a scary thing. You want to be able to feel pain. You want that alert system and that alarm system. So it's not a bad thing to feel pain, but also know that we're not feeling it unless our brain is registering it. So whether that is a physical sensation or a psychological sensation, which a lot of chronic pain falls more toward psychological, it, your, your body at a certain point will heal itself with the tissues. If it's not healing itself, there is a psychological component or a social component that I want you to start to bring in and address. Because if you have a moment where you've like, oh yeah, well, I went on vacation and I didn't have any pain really, or I did this and I didn't have any pain really. Think about the life experiences that you're having where you are feeling the pain. Maybe you have a very stressful job at work. Maybe you're taking care of the kids all day long. Maybe you're, you know, whatever it may be over and over and over again, that you're body is staying in this high stressful state, which actually produces more cortisol. It keeps us in this like fight and flight and freeze and really tenses our whole body so that 
we do feel more pain throughout the day. And that makes a lot of sense too, because (laughs) that happened after he was in war. So, yeah. So a lot of it is probably going back into, which is uncomfortable, right? Especially if we're talking about war, who wants to relive that shit? No one. So a lot of, a lot of pain experiences that we have, it it does take digging. It does take allowing things to come to the surface that maybe we don't want to acknowledge. And maybe that's going to talk to someone. Maybe that's going to scream in your car, (laughs) scream into a pillow, release in some way that you need to release, write, journal, see what's coming up for you, see where things could be coming from, and then start to really analyze where, how can I address this stress? Can I have more time throughout the day where I close my eyes and I meditate for a minute or two? Can I um, take time away where you're doing something for yourself, getting yourself back into a rest and relaxation state, because maybe you can't quit your job. You can't stop, you know, taking care of kids. There's going to be things in your life that you just can't stop doing. So it's finding ways to then cope with them and accept them and not, not push them away. And being in full acceptance of our experiences and what we're going through is also a huge thing for the body. So clearly a lot of what I do is not just physical. (laughs) We're talking about everything when I'm with my clients and it really gets to be a whole lifestyle switch because if I'm ultimately going to step away from being with you, I don't want you to have to come back. So I want to open up possible experiences, refer you to other people if need be, so that you can continue your journey. Um, And then, I mean, so when we talk about back, it could be anything from a disc injury, which again is a symptom. Just because you have a herniated disc doesn't mean that that is the problem. Because if we only fix the disc, why did it herniate in the first place? We're still not getting to the cause. So also, that's why I've seen a lot of clients, guys, who have surgery on disc issues and they still have back pain. Because just addressing the symptom, just addressing the diagnosis, just addressing what the MRI is showing doesn't necessarily address the cause. So getting into, okay, what is happening throughout my whole body? What's happening at my feet? What's happening at my hips? What's happening at my upper back? What's happening through my breath? What's happening through my core, which is your pelvic floor, your diaphragm, your transverse abdominis, and your back and bottom. So that is your core. (laughs) It's the whole encompassing from the lower to the topper to the top part, which is your diaphragm, to front and back. That all encompasses your core, not just your six pack. So how is that all functioning together to actually help support the back? And have you even, do you even know what mobility is in the body anymore? I mean, we get so comfortable sitting in chairs all throughout our life. We don't go onto the floor anymore. We don't sit and put our our joints in their full range of motion. So of course we're going to have pain. Of course we're going to have discomfort. We haven't put our body in these positions that they get to go into. Dear yogis and active peeps, Fabletics has an extra special treat for you for the Soul Tribe, gifting you two leggings for only $24. Yeah. To help you live your passion every day. <laughs> Just go to fabletics.com forward slash magic. And if you are not familiar with Fabletics, well, they're basically the Netflix of yoga pants. And this may be embarrassing to say, but they're pretty much 
<laughs> the only thing I wear these days as they are just so cozy and fit so well on my human shell, making my human shell feel so fit. And my favorite pair of yoga pants are still my rose-colored high-waisted Fabletics, but also my new high-waisted black capris. And oh, they just, they look so good, they feel so good, and they make me just want to play and flow. All their pants do. And also their sports bras, they may be my new obsession, especially on my runs because they really hold me in. But what I love most about them, besides the fact that they're, again, cozy and the best looking pants on my body, is the fact that they are constantly changing their designs all the time. And they're the most affordable quality activewear on the market. Very high quality material. It's just amazing how this aligned and fabletics manifest in my life. Because like I said, they really are the coziest and most fitting activewear for my body. They also have this really cool VIP members program, which gives you better deals of about 50% off regular prices, plus free shipping and additional perks that you can't resist. So I actually ended up joining that. And so, Tribe, again, Fabletics is gifting you two leggings for only $24, which is a $99 value. So just visit fabletics.com forward slash magic. I'll leave it in the show notes. That's fabletics.com forward slash magic and pick your two pairs. I love that you mentioned this, that it, the pain lies beyond the physical because I fully believe, especially chronic pain, really there, I mean, it's been lasting there for a reason that we may not even be aware of unless we begin to dive into that emotional place and spiritual place. And I had no idea that that's something that you help clients out with too. So that's amazing. And you're right. Most people are these days are just sitting on a couch, on a chair, or they stand and walk. And Mm -hmm. that's about it, you Mm -hmm. know, but no other movements. And some movements can be so simple, like Mm -hmm. a simple fold over. Yeah. (laughs) What are maybe some movements that people should be doing every single day? The first one that I always go back to is really what is happening within our breath. So a lot of times we like to say, okay, I'm going to relax my body by taking a nice deep breath, raise my shoulders up to my ears, open up my chest and take a huge breath in and release all the air out of my mouth. (laughs) When really that's, (laughs) it psychologically feels better. It's actually not doing anything to our body. (laughs) Oh, well, it does feel better. (laughs) I really felt a release, but okay. Um, So understanding throughout the day, how how is my breath actually going to effectively help to drive me forward? Because breath actually connects to your gut health. It connects to your ability to increase flexibility and mobility and be able to pattern things better so that you can be strong. When I talk about effective breath, it's just what is going to be the most efficient way to be able to drive us into what I believe should be the parasympathetic system more throughout the day rather than a stressful situation, because most of us are living in stress, like 
things I have to get done. I'm running from here to there. I'm taking care of all of this. Like we're in a constant state of stress typically. So how do we tap better into those parasympathetic state of being more so throughout the day? And that's when I go back to just basic, basic breathing, which is placing your hands on the rib, the low rib cage and the belly area and almost squeezing it a little bit tight just so you have feedback of where you should be breathing into. And then as you take a slow breath in through your nose, you allow some expansion to happen through the sides of your palms and into your fingers a little bit from your stomach. It's not a forceful movement from the belly. And I think that's where belly breathing kind of got a bad rep is that people started forcing their bellies in and out. And I've had many patients actually show me how well they're doing with belly breathing. And all they're doing is forcing their bellies in and out and no movement is happening from the rib cage, which I'm like, okay, cool. You're trying. And I appreciate that. But also the diaphragm rests underneath the rib cage. So unless we're getting some rib cage movement, we're not really getting as effective into the breath. And it shouldn't be a forceful movement into the belly. It should be a relaxed expansion. So if we can breathe in through the nose nice and slow and kind of expand into those hands and then breathe out through the mouth nice and slow and or breathing in and out just through the nose. Because what this also does is if we keep more breath in through our body, so not expelling as much out through our mouth, we're actually keeping more, we keep more carbon dioxide inside. This attaches onto what's called hemoglobin, which releases into the bloodstream oxygen. So if we can release more oxygen, it gets more into our muscles, into our brain, and gives us more energy throughout the day. Um, They actually have something on the market now. I can't, I don't know the name or anything. But it's like a it's like a piece of tape essentially. It can come off really easily, but it, you put it on your mouth when you sleep. So it's it's almost just a proprioceptive feedback to remind you to breathe through your nose when you sleep because you'll wake up way more energized, way more alert. No way! Wow, <gasps> that's so interesting. Yeah. So same with, um, you know. Breathing in and out through your nose when you're working out. Again, it's going to get more oxygen into your muscles so you can continue to work even harder and gain even more strength gains um, or even more flexibility. So no matter what you want to do in fitness, breathing in and out through your nose is actually training yourself to be able to do that and and um, undergo a higher level of carbon dioxide within the body is actually very helpful. So instead of taking a huge deep breath, raising the shoulders, raising the chest, what if you just tried placing your hands on your belly and your rib cage area and seeing if you can breathe nice and gently in and out through that area? And maybe you close your eyes throughout the day. Maybe you do this like a minute here and there. It will literally change the way that you're experiencing your body because it automatically turns on that parasympathetic, that rest and relaxed state of being. And when we're more breathing from our chest throughout the day, using our shoulders, of course, you're going to have upper trap pain. Of course, you're going to have neck pain. Maybe you have migraines all day long. Like consider what you're, you're using all your accessory muscles to lift your shoulders, to lift your chest all day long. Of course, you're going to be experiencing a bit more tightness and tension up through the neck. And also when we do this, I mean, I like to say it as like, think of someone scared you and all of a sudden you kind of breathe and you take a moment of breathing into your chest. 
um, what that does, you also bring your arms into your side and everything tightens up. So if you're trying to gain more range of motion and flexibility or mobility, whatever it may be, but you're staying breathing in your chest as a constant state, your body doesn't have the ability to relax and release and open up and increase, increase range of motion. It only knows tension, protection, and guarding. So breath is the first key to getting your body to go anywhere you want it to go, especially with all the gut health issues we have nowadays where everyone has IBS and everyone is, you know, I mean, we do have a lot of stuff in our food. So it's, it's a scary thing. We have to be aware of what we're putting in our body, but also know that your breath affects your gut health. So if you're trying to affect your gut health and really change what you're doing in there, you get to be more cognizant of how you're using your breath in your body as well. Oh, so it all plays hand in hand. Yes. And some of those breath techniques, well, that one of them is one of my main ones for releasing any stress or anxiety when that mm-hmm. begins to arise. And it was mm-hmm. so beautiful how you said it. So I was wondering if for a moment you might guide us through just a really quick breathing exercise. Totally. Awesome. So I would... So first thing I would say is get into a comfortable position. It doesn't have to be like sitting Indian style on the floor (laughs) because if you have more tension throughout your body and it's really uncomfortable, you're not going to be able to relax. So whether that's laying down on the ground, propping yourself up against the chair, maybe you're sitting in your car and you take a moment to pull over, whatever that may be, place yourself in a comfortable position and have your hands on that low rib cage area, like your thumb on your rib cage, your fingers out into the belly, and just close your eyes. So for right now, I want you to close your mouth and just breathing in and out through the nose. Take a nice slow breath in through the nose and feel your rib cage and belly naturally start to expand into your hands, trying to relax the shoulders, relax the arms, relax the upper chest as much as possible. No movement happening up to your ears, no movement happening in through your chest. And then as you breathe out through your mouth or through your nose, nice and slow, you just allow those hands to relax back together. And then you take another deep breath in through your nose, nice and slow, and then breathe out through your mouth really slow. So just taking this moment, this time to observe what's happening within your body, observe and listen to your body and allow your body to tell you what it needs. Maybe it needs to come into this relaxed state of being. Maybe it needs to have you relax for a moment and you feel your pain go away within your back, your hip, your knee, your chest, your your neck, whatever that may be. Take this moment to really start to relax to really feel just your rib cage and your belly area doing most of the motion here and make it even more shallow. Can you even slow it down even more and just breathe in through the nose and out through the nose and make it really soft, have no motion coming into the chest because you know that your body is working for you on a 24-hour basis. So being able to tell your body, thank you and show gratitude for it throughout the day is the best thing that you can do because it's only going to help propel you forward for everything else it's already been taking you through. You're walking on your body all day long. You're putting fuel into your body. You're putting 
knowledge and everything into your body all the time. And it is working for you on overload. So coming back and appreciating everything that you're able to do, not focusing on what you don't have, but focusing on what you do have. And you do have this amazing, beautiful, capable moving body. So just remembering every day to appreciate this. That was exactly the medicine I needed. I loved that. (laughs) Good. Good. That is, of course, that's the first place that I I guide everyone back to. And and it really is such a beautiful tool just to be able to tap back in and and find that appreciation for our body again. Um, and, And then I, you know, other than that, I would say, take time to get on the floor on a daily basis because unless you're a yogi unless you do pilates you know it's it's rare to be all the way down and sitting on the floor and spending time on the floor but we know that there's been studies that have been done where people in other cultures and other countries that have to get down throughout the day like two to three times a day and pray and they get all the way down on the ground and get all the way back up they have a less chance of osteoarthritis happening within their hip. So it really, it's, it's just a no-brainer that where we put our body into more often, it knows how to go into. The less we move, the less we put our body in and ranges of motion, the more it's going to stiffen up. And so our body only responds to what we, how we treat it. So if you stop reaching overhead, your shoulder range of motion is going to get a little worse. If you stop squatting all the way down or sitting on the ground, your ankle and your hip range of motion is going to get a little bit worse. And so your body starts to adapt to the positions we put it in, just like it can adapt to, the, to increasing mobility, increasing flexibility. It, it can reverse the other way as well. So you are going to be higher at risk for things like arthritis, things like um, just more injury. So spending time on the floor, getting down on the floor more more often, squatting all the way down onto the floor, even if you need to hang on to something while you're doing it at first, it's just starting to put yourself in those positions that might feel a little uncomfortable at first. Mm, Yes. And getting comfortable with being uncomfortable becomes so profound with not only allowing yourself, your endurance physically, but also mentally Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that you brought up the fact that people kneel to pray and they get on the ground. And I usually also tend to pray when I am on the ground they're on my knees or in a seated position but there's something about being on the ground it's more grounding and connected and it reconnects me with myself and it's it's very simple Mm -hmm. just getting onto the ground yeah (laughs) exactly tribe I am so excited to say that my close friends and family are sealing love in 2019 it's It's just in the air these days. I'll be attending a few weddings next year, including one of my old high school besties who's getting married next fall and my brother. So I'm going to have a sister-in-law and he's getting married in a season yet to be determined. But Zola, okay, I thought this was so synchronistic when Zola reached out. And I realize Zola is perfect for those getting married or perhaps celebrating a life 
partnership of love, which is what I picture myself doing, (laughs) or being a wedding attendee, which is what I'll always be doing. (laughs) So because of all the upcoming weddings, when Zola reached out, it just seemed like synchronistic timing. And I love that they have reinvented the wedding planning and registry experience. I started doing it myself for my own manifestation. (laughs) So Zola is a free wedding website to help you plan your dream wedding registry or life partner celebration registry, providing affordable save the dates and invitations and just, well, pretty much everything you'll need in one place for, like I said, free. And if you want your own wedding to have a website, well, they have over a hundred designs so you can personalize your own and choose your own favorite style. But the best part for us attendees is that you'll have a whole Zola registry that can be on your wedding website so guests can gather all of the deets that they need and buy your wedding gift in one place. Plus, They have the widest selection of gifts with different price points. Um, Airbnb is an option, by the way. So, yeah, can someone buy me a room in Tahiti, please? Thanks! And you can also create a funds account for raising money for your honeymoon, which is just an awesome option for guests to pitch in. And the best part to me is that you get 20% off the gifts that guests didn't purchase. So you'll know that after the wedding. Anyways, it can also be used as a vision board wedding manifestation tool because why not? And then when it comes around, you know what you want. (laughs) So to start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, Z-O-L-A, by the way, go to Zola.com forward slash soul tribe. That's Zola.com forward slash soul tribe. Link will be in the show notes. And now, on with the show. And I'm so glad that you also have brought this awareness and all of your brilliance to the masses on social media. Especially since I don't think that there's many doctors of physical therapy really out there on the Instagram. And so you really stand out because there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of yogis, there's a lot of fitness trainers, but not a lot of actual doctors in your area who are helping people dive even deeper and really, really heal these issues that so many people run into. And so I want to thank you for doing that. (laughs) Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And what inspired you, by the way, to like, what made you realize, you know what, I'm going to put this on Instagram. And did you even see it becoming as successful as it has? Was that your initial mission? Or what was your mission to go beyond and reach the masses with this knowledge? Um, I really had zero intention of creating a following at all when I first started on social what I media. <laughs> My I name when I first started was Jen underscore E S underscore Care, because that's how you pronounce my name, Jen S Care. And it was for friends and family, and that's it. Um, and then I met the calisthenic community down in Venice, and this was when I was in grad school. 
And I started working out with them and eventually competing. And he would post anyone that was in the calisthenic community. And at the time, this was like four and a half years ago, he had, you know, 300,000 followers. Who was it? Um, it was called his, it's Ken and his um, handle was Progressive Calisthenics. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big one back in the day. Um, obviously, there's tons of big people out there now. <laughs> And so him posting me, just I started to get followers and I was like, oh, okay. So now I just show <laughs> workout stuff. <laughs> and I just started to post what people like to see. I mean, they were coming to my page because they were inspired by what I was doing with calisthenics. So I started to show my journey. I started to show uh, my workouts and what I was learning and how I was doing. And people really liked it. And I started to meet other people in the movement community and host challenges with yogis and, you know, just be able to meet people and go to events where I met other movers. And it had zero intention of turning this into a business. It was just, it became a fun hobby to do on the side of, of grad school. <laughs> so once I graduated, I met up with a friend who was doing very well in the online space as a rehab person. Um, his name is Vinny Rehab. And so he kind of, he told me, well, why don't you just start posting more educational stuff? Because I said, you know, I don't know if I want to keep doing this Instagram thing. I'm a physical therapist now. Like this was just a fun hobby. And so he motivated me to start posting education. And I was afraid to do that because at the time I had only been out of school for about a half a year, six months maybe. And I was like, who who am I to say anything? I'm a new grad. And um, I just didn't feel like I would, my information would be good enough or that I would be judged by fellow clinicians. And I just started posting stuff and it took off way more than my fitness things. And I was like, wow, people really want to learn. That's incredible. And so I really just I kind of decided, okay, who cares what other people might think? I'm going to post what I know and I'm going to continue to learn and grow. And the more that I did that, the more that I started getting followers and people were just attracted to learning and education. And that really motivated me to continue to push anything out there because if people were that inspired to learn, that was my favorite thing to see. And eventually that turned into taking on my own clients and then, you know, seeing how I can make a bigger impact rather than just hopefully you saw an Instagram video and actually creating online programs so that people can use it in their everyday lives. So, you know, it just, it's continued to grow just through the value that I've seen other people receive from it. And I'm super grateful for the opportunities that it's brought me. Mm, and isn't that so beautiful how you just like organically fell into a white space because you were just posting something that was uniquely true to you and providing value. You weren't regurgitating all information that was already all over Instagram. And you were just, you were really providing valuable knowledge that was true for you. And that is what people notice. And I think that's such an important takeaway for people to recognize like, all right, what really lights you up? What really do you know? And what value can you provide yourself? And that's something you did. So that is so beautiful. Thank you. It, it was, it's super 
it's just been an amazing journey and all of the fears that I had before being judged of it's only brought me closer to clinicians I truly admire and I look up to and I've been able to collaborate wow. and meet so many new people in my space and I'm extremely grateful so put yourself out there take the yes. chance take the risk and know that there's enough room for everyone because when I first promoted my program, I had people in my own industry, chiropractors and physical therapists, post about my program. Wow. Oh, I have chills. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny Rehab, who is the one who motivated me to, you know, start posting on Instagram the way I, I am educationally, he put the link for my program in his bio. No, that's sweet. That's yes, it's so much. And he had, <laughs> yeah, and he had probably 400,000 followers at the time and, and just always showed me so much love, so much support. And, and I think when we get out of that scarcity mindset, that am I good enough mindset, um, and the worthiness conversation so much will open up, so much will open up. Uh, and this happened because, like you said, you actually allowed your fears to drive you. But those fears are almost like little love taps, like this is something you should do. And the only way to really release them is to pursue them and face them if it's something that really resonates and feels good for you. And you did that, which is so amazing. And then I think it took a long time for you to finally put a program out there when I remember I was like, is she, does she have a program? This was years ago. And I was like, I want to, you know, like, but I don't think you had one yet. And now you do, which is great. Or you have a couple, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. And one is called the optimal body. So mm -hmm. that leaves me curious. How would you <laughs> define an optimal body? <laughs> so for me, it was, what are the areas that people typically go to physical therapy for? It's to get more mobile, to understand core strength and what that really means in terms of stability and to, and to get stronger in movement patterns and functional ways. And not that, I mean, it's obviously very generalized. So again, if you go see a physical therapist, it's going to be way more specific. So I I highly, highly recommend still doing that, but it's a way to start to prevent any injuries that you want to start diving into and doing it from a physical therapy standpoint. So really tapping into mobility flows, uh, what is core strength and what does that mean and how do you progress in it? And, and then functional HIIT workouts, meaning that we're doing every range of motion, we're not only just working in one plane of motion, we're working in all three planes of motion and we're doing double leg, single leg, single arm, just across the board, getting you to move into different areas of the body you might not have even known about. What's the difference between that and your mobility method? Mobility method is way more specific. So the optimal body is a place to explore and learn and and grab a workout on the go <laughs> or a mobility Love flow it. or core workout or whatever it may be along the way you're going to learn because I'm very big on cueing and I mean the whole thing is videoed and me speaking in it but but it's all very generalized so it may be the thing that you need for mobility it may not be um, where the mobility method is going to be the place where you get to dive in and really start to learn about your own body so there's a self-assessment tool. There's 
it will guide you into based on what is restricted in the self-assessment tool it will guide you into mobility exercises that you should do um, and it's really it's a one-time payment for lifetime access to be able to dive into the information as fast or as slow as you want to and just learn learn where this, this exercise feels great to do first thing in the morning. This exercise feels great to do before I work out. This exercise feels great to do to get me out of my chair at work. This one is great to do, you know, before I go to bed. And all of a sudden you have this six-piece mobility routine that you created for your own body. Because I also believe so much so that we are individuals they, again, like I said, your diagnosis, your your diagnosis, your MRI, your X-ray does not determine your your treatment plan. But really, what you need in your own body determines your treatment plan. So when you're able to actually dive in and self-assess, you're able to create that on your own. Then, ah, oh, yes, we are all so uniquely and beautifully designed. And most programs, I mean, they do. You see a results for a lot of people, but also a lot of people don't end up receiving the same results that they might have been seeking because for whatever reason, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it just didn't work for their body. Right. And so to find something that has a wider range and more options and something that, well, we were talking about exploring body awareness. Like this is what a wonderful way to really bring more awareness to your beautiful shell that you have that's so uniquely yours yeah exactly I love that I'm also so curious what is your if you have one because it probably changes all the time since you do a ton (laughs) of different types of workouts and movements but do you by any chance have any sort of movement routine ish what is it what does your week look like oh man it's all over the place again I'll do mobility anywhere and really I've just been in tune to listen to my body and move into what it needs um so that could be first thing in the morning that can be I do a lot of mobility stuff before I work out and after I work out um and then my workouts really vary based on how I feel so I get up in the morning and say how do I feel today? <laughs> do I want to run? Do I want to do a HIIT workout? Do I want to uh, just do strength training? Do I want to go to a class? Um, so a lot of what I do is based on how I feel. And I listen to my body and I I go about it that way. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate to know a lot of different types of exercise. And I also have friends that I'll go work out with or I'll go learn from. Like I've learned animal flow from a friend. I've learned kettlebell work from a different friend. And I continue to be open and expansive enough to learn from other people so that I can continue to broaden my own toolbox. So what makes you a great teacher is that you're still a student always because a lot of people, especially once they start really getting into fitness, I was definitely there where I probably took a rest day once a month maybe and I just burnt myself out. Do we need to take weekly rest days or can it be every just whenever our body feels like it and what Mm. should we do on those rest days? Yeah, so – Listening to your body is huge and knowing that you don't have to move. Like, I I would say, yes, you get to move every day, but that could be a walk. That could be going to a yoga class, doing mobility in your house, um, foam rolling and stretching and just breathing. So it really gets to be 
you get to move every day, but you also get to move in it every day that feels right for your body. Um, and especially if you're new to movement and you're new to exercise, like you're not going to be able to go as hard every single day and that's okay. And, and being compassionate with your body and that in that sense and where it's at is, is great. So my thing is always, if you are feeling continuously down and like you need recovery days, then I would start assessing mindset, food, and sleep. Because some, if you're if you're continuously needing recovery days, um, and it's not just due to muscle soreness, <laughs> then maybe we need to start obsessing other things. And are you sleeping enough throughout the night? Because sleep is huge. Um, are you fueling your body with things that it needs? Uh, which could be really easily just listening to your body. If you are feeling fatigued, if you are feeling bloated, if you are not feeling constipated, all these things are signs that you might not getting be getting what you need within your diet. So also being mindful of your diet. Are you drinking enough water? Are you drinking like five cups of coffee a day? That's another thing that's going to be a, a, a huge downer in your in your body as well. So So recover as you need, but also is it recovery? that you're like really forcing yourself to work out, you're forcing yourself to do all these things because you're like constantly needing recovery, then I would be mindful and resetting and thinking about other areas of life as well. Yes. And then for those beginners that you were talking about, they need rest days more frequently because it's hard, but let's say they're finally making the decision to begin exercising and taking care of their body. And perhaps they've been sedentary for years or months but they just they don't know where to begin they don't know what in the world to do do you have any beginning advice for them <laughs> yeah so just like i think we're going to drop back into the beginning of of going in and seeking help when you don't know in the beginning so maybe that's dropping by and trying a few different exercise classes um paying for a trainer for a month and just trying it out um, at, even if it's just a learning period where you're like, listen, I can't afford you long-term, but I want to learn as much as I can. And if it's a person who really wants to help another person, they're not doing it for monetary gains. They're doing it so that they can really teach you and give you as many tools to learn your body as you can. So, so take the time and, and treat yourself and, and learn the tools and don't be afraid to try different classes just because someone does weights, you know, or really heavy bodybuilding doesn't mean you have to. I would still recommend doing some strength training because it's great for your bones, but, you know, fi find what works for you and that's okay. Yes. I remember I used to pretty much just live on my couch and right before I got into health and fitness, the only thing that would get me off the couch was the idea of going out into nature and just hiking or mm -hmm. walking around the woods. And then mm -hmm. when I started to feel good about that, I was like, oh, maybe I should try a little yoga class. And then it just really started to steamroll from there. Yeah. So it's like, even if you start small, like a simple walk in the woods or a hike or something. Oh, yes. Yeah. And honestly, starting small is way better than starting starting like full out hardcore every day for an hour, it's probably not going to last. No. <laughs> so baby steps. <laughs> and well, Sean, he works out the, my old roommate that we were talking about in the beginning, he works out, I don't know anymore, but he worked out so much for him. It, it worked for him. 
I wanted to, he didn't know this, but I wanted to follow along and I was like trying, I was working myself like crazy for two hours, three hours a day where I just eventually burnt myself out and I honestly couldn't really work, like do any hard movement for months after six months of doing it. Like I burnt out. Oh yeah. It's so important. He, he's crazy. Yeah. Four hours a day. Oh, oh, he's upped it. He's upped it an hour. Okay. He used to be three. <laughs> Look at him. Well, he's a beast. And so, yeah, ladies, if, if you don't feel like that is something that resonates with you, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone gets to be on their own thing and there's no judgment, right? It just, it's not yeah. right or wrong, good or bad. It just, it's where you're at. Yes. Now. Speaking of where you're at, are you ready for a rapid fire round? <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. All right. Are you a dog or cat person? Dog. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. What did you eat for breakfast today? Coffee. <laughs> oh, are you an intermittent faster? That's actually no joke. One of the questions. Okay. So, you know, kind of. Explain. <laughs> but then I've also learned that the first thing that hits your mouth that is not water automatically starts your metabolism. So this whole like coffee counts as intermittent fasting doesn't. <laughs> so the fact that I already had coffee, I already started um, my fasting or, or my, yeah, my eat, eating. Your feasting window. My feasting. Yeah. I guess I never intermittent fast then because <laughs> my first thing every morning is, well, I do have my water first, but, and it usually has lemon. So that I guess. But they say even lemon. Yeah. Right. But I just love my lemon. It's not just pure water. Fine. People. I know. I mean, <laughs> hey, there, there's so many different things out there. I am not the nutritionist. You know what? It's working. <laughs> I'm just listening to the latest yes. people. Well, whatever you're doing is working. So forget what the new people say. <laughs> Keep up whatever you're doing. You're clearly on a good track. Um, yoga, Pilates, or HIT? If you had to choose one. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> I know. I love when rapid buyers stumps people. It's like kind of supposed to. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess I would have to go with. Oh my god, hit hit. Oh wow, why? Uh, because the immense amount of sweat and work and tired I feel and still like amazing it makes me feel so good um I I mean I taught Pilates for six years so that was a hard one because I Pilates has a special place in my heart and it really like it does make me feel so good but I, I'm gonna go with hit <laughs> I think Joseph would be okay with that just <laughs> handstands or pull-ups handstands all day uh, all day. You're known as the handstand queen. Why did I even put it in there? That was a silly question. Are you a morning or a night person? Night. Really? You do most of your work at night. I know. It's, I tried to reverse the habit for a little bit, and I was actually really good in getting to bed at like 1030 and waking up at 630. Um, but once my friends started to bail on me at 6.30 for a workout, I started to bail on me as well. <laughs> uh, that leads me to the next question. Are your workouts usually in the morning or night? Morning. But I'm like, I would love to work out at 6.30 in the morning on a regular. It really does like just feel so good to like be up so early and done. Um, but I, 
I am the type of person who I'll, I always make the workouts when my friends come over, but if I know someone is coming, it is extra motivation to get out of bed, to create a workout, to make it good, to, um, and just have that support and, and accountability, really. Even though I'm still making the whole workout, it just, it's nice to have someone there. But once my friends started bailing, I stopped doing the 6.30 a.m. <laughs> that's amazing so not anymore but you used to just have friends come over to work out with and you would be leading yeah the workout yeah what I would want to jump on that train (laughs) I mean hey if you're in LA I need the accountability (laughs) going to let you know work out in the 6 a.m hour it's so amazing here too because the moon is still up so I'm actually and there's this window at this gym that I like to work out at so either if I'm doing yoga then it you know I get out of yoga it's yoga starts at five, mm-hmm. five but then I leave yoga and the sun is just rising or I'm at mm. the gym and then I'm just like working out with the moon there's a big window where you can see the moon. oh that's cool beautiful thing I know now if you and your clients could only do five exercises every single day for 365 days of the year what would those five exercises be oh no <laughs> I would do, I love lateral bounds because those are really fun and help to increase your cardio and get your glute med so you're stabilizing muscle and your balance. So that's really good. Um, I would do, I would do push-ups because it is core and upper body. I would do pull-ups for back and shoulder blades. You can do pull-ups. <laughs> You can if you work on it. <laughs> me. I, I try. <laughs> um, what else would I do? I mean, there's so many different things. Um, yeah, I would do single leg squats. So again, getting into the stability and working the pelvic floor with the breath. Um and I would do um, maybe like a Pilates supine tabletop exercise. <laughs> that was a good one, too. Yes. Um, and book you're currently reading, if any. I don't have any that I'm – well, actually, I lied. I am reading uh, Dare to Lead Oh, yes. by Brene Brown. And I do have Girl Stop Apologizing oh, from that one. Um, Rachel Hollis. I don't think it's out yet, so I'm a little <laughs> lucky in that regard. Um, she wrote Girl Wash Your Face, yes. which is a huge hit. Yeah, Girl Stop Apologizing, another huge title. Oh, I need to read both. Well, I mean, when the other one comes out. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. And then... Do you are you into crystals at all? Because I wrote, do you have a favorite crystal? Oh well, my girlfriend actually just got me a big, beautiful. Um, I believe it's called. It's like the snow, snow crystal. <laughs> beautiful, and it's white, and and she like wrote out everything that it means and everything. So it's super special. Oh, I love that. Define love. Hmm. Being in full acceptance, compassionate, and open to yourself and to everyone around you. 
The universe, Jen, gave you free billboards to share one message across the main highways and major cities all around the world. What will these billboards read? Are they three different ones? Free. I'm sorry. Not three. Free. Oh, oh, oh. Got it. Got it. I was always wondering why so many people give three different ones. And now I know why. It's because I don't pronounce my F well. <laughs> okay. Got it. Free. Um, so mine would say no one else can fix you. Only you can fix you. Oh, that's truly fitting for you, too. And one last question that I ask all of the Your Own Magic guests. How would you advise the Your Own Magic listeners to create their own magic? To start listening to their body every day. To start tuning in. (sighs) Thank you so much, Jen. I'm so happy that we made this work and that we both lucked out too. I didn't hear construction on your end or mine. Yeah, that was perfect. (laughs) Where can everyone find you and connect with you? I'm most active on Instagram for sure, DocGenFit. I do have a Facebook, DocGenFit, and YouTube. You can see some interviews with some different people that I do, and that's DocGenFit. DocGenFit, consistent across all. I love that. And also (laughs) your... uh, the optimal body and the mobility method. Everybody should check that out too. You're phenomenal. And I'm so thankful for all of the wisdom that you bring to the world to help us really understand on a deeper level how our own individual bodies work. There's not enough people sharing that out there. So thank you for being one of them. Thank you for having me on and allowing me to share my message. Dear Yomi, thank you so much, so, so much for lending your ear. I I hope something in this spoke to your soul. And will you please, please say hello in the Your Own Magic Facebook group to all of the Soul Tribers. And if you, if you like this podcast, I would so love to read your review. And of course, I'll gift you a free guided meditation from yourownmagic.life, which by the way, has many meditations, meditative imaginings, journal questions, magic monthly challenges, and just other spiritual tools for your soul. More on yourownmagic.life when you join the Soul Tribe exclusive site for $4.44 per month. I'm just thankful for us spiritualists to gather together and have a safe space to help us tap into our own magic. Anyways, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening and have a magical day.